to the Batmobile. Let's go. Atomic batteries to power. Turbines to speed. Roger. Ready to move out. Holy smokes, Batman. It's Gaggle of Geeks on 2SER. Oh my god, it's been too long since we've heard those geese honking. Tali? Sophie, there was a there was a pause before the geese started and I was like, oh my god, are the geese not coming back? And then that reassuring sound of geese. I was like, <laughs> the geese are back. The geese have come home. We are home. It only took us three months to get our act together <laughs> this year. Hello, welcome back to Gaggle of Geeks, the podcast. I'm Sophie Lai. I'm Tali Olatia. And this is the podcast where we chat everything geek and pop culture that's been happening in the world on 2SER. Oh boy, we've missed a lot this past three months, haven't we, Tali? We really have. And I think what was funny too is like the logistics of moving to Melbourne mm. and setting everything else up. And I was like, I know I work in radio, but it just took me a really long time because I was like, I need to get a fridge first. Oh. Um, but it was just constantly you would see stuff happening and we were still like tagging each other and stuff and then like still sending each other links. Oh, totally. It was like, it was like if we did do an episode this week, this is what we would have been talking about. We were still there for it. We totally were. And it's like, you know, Blake is still with us too. Unfortunately, he couldn't make it today because he also went through some changes. He bought a house and he's also moving. So. He's such a grown up. Such like, a grown up doing grown-up things and yeah I got a new job and had to settle to that so it was like oh we had a lot of things happening but we are back we're just like trying to be adults okay guys and it just takes us a little longer to get all our ducks in a row or our geese in a row, geese in a row. <laughs> well we're getting there and we are back with yeah. a vengeance die hard style we can do it <laughs> That's very true. That is very, very true. Um, and But what a week to come back on. It's like we planned this perfectly because maybe we did. But <laughs> Beyonce, Netflix, documentary, Coachella. Oh. <laughs> Let me play this trailer. What I really want to do is be a representative of my race, of the human race. I have a chance to show how kind we can be, how intelligent and generous we can be. I have a chance to, to teach and, and to love and to laugh. And I know that when I finish doing what I'm sent here to do, I will be called home. And I will go home without any fear, uh, trepidation, some wondering what's gonna happen. But What advice would you have to give this generation? Tell the truth to yourself first and to the children.
Yes. Like, I look at this. Yes. You have Maya Angelou voiceover. Uh, oh, my God. It's just the moment that I heard, like, Maya Angelou's voice. Because Netflix were, like, little little, little crafty bastards. Mm. They sent out this tweet over the weekend and it was just this yellow tile that said homecoming and then like April 17, Netflix. And that's all it was. Mm. But because the beehive is geniuses and it, I like clever, they did all the like connecting of the dots and mm. they were like, wait a second, that yellow is like the Beyonce yellow. That font is the same font that Beyonce used and Beyonce's Coachella line was called Homecoming. This is the Beyonce documentary we've all been waiting for. And then, of course, it all did come to truth because like I remember last year watching the Beyonce Coachella. Oh, my God. That was like. Iconic. It was I swear last year was like the year of the Knoll sisters because you had Solange come out with yeah. a seat at the table and then her amazing um, tour. Um, yeah. And then you got Beyonce Cretella and you're like, holy shiza. Like Exactly. And it was so huge because like when Beyonce did – um, Coachella. She was the first black woman to headline mm. that concert and like tore the roof down. Not to mention, so this is in 2018. She was supposed to headline Coachella in 2017, but of course she was pregnant with the twins. Mm-hmm. Um, she hasn't released an album since 2016 with Lemonade. So like, I think that that's what built into like the buzz of this new documentary is Mm. because as fans, we have been starved of Beyonce content. Like I know that she, you know, is being a mother and doing all these other things as well. But Well, she did that album with Jay-Z as well. Yeah, well, like, no, that doesn't count. I just want, like, pure Beyonce. I just want it to be all about Beyonce. So everything that isn't just all about Beyonce does not exist in my head. So it is, like, a super, super exciting. And there was also this rumour going around that as well as the documentary, she's going to release, like, a greatest hits album and two new songs, which I don't know if it's true or not, but... God, I hope it is. Oh. Like, I, I will be there for it. That's Maybe so baby. people building on the hype of what their wishes were. Like, a documentary wasn't enough. We also needed some form of, like, oh. audio stimulation. But, look, there's a chance that next week everyone's dreams will just completely and utterly come true. Oh, I mean, like, more black excellence coming through. Just Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and it's just, like, one of those things is that even in the little trailer, I was like, oh, yeah, because Solange performed at Coachella with Beyonce. And mm. I was like, oh, yeah. There was the Destiny's Child reunion, Reunion. and it's all those behind-the-scenes things that Mm. you just went into that just very iconic performance that you just go, no one else will ever be able to be as amazing. And what was interesting too is that um, news this week that Solange has actually pulled out of this year's Coachella Mm. because they couldn't get like set bits or some kind of some kind of something. So yeah, it's all about the Noel sisters. It's about Coachella. It's about excitement. No doubt it will be about us next week. Just I don't how great it was. I'm very curious as to what they couldn't accommodate considering Beyonce's set was quite elaborate. Yeah. Well, I don't know, like, um, having seen Solange last year at the Opera House perform A Seat at the Table, mm. hers is very, like, visionary. So maybe it's just, like, a concept that they maybe. couldn't pull off. Which rather than being like a technical, like, oh, we're going to put up some, you know, some stands and some marching bands kind of thing. But maybe hers was more of a, I don't know. Oh, but then having said that, they did once have that, remember that, um, what was it, that holographic two-pack performance. Oh, so yeah. I'm sure if they can do that, they can do <laughs> anything right. that the Lodge has dreamed of. So I Surely. Love that. 
Because like even with her her tour last year, it was it was quite similar in layout to Beyonce's Coachella set in a yeah. way. Like the way people were situated and dancing. It was yeah. very similar. So, so who knows what they're up to. But then the other Beyonce news, oh my god, there's so, just so much Beyonce news so is Lion King trailer. Here we go. Life's not fair, is it, my little friend? While some are born to feast, others spend their lives in the dark. Begging for scraps. Everything you see exists together in a delicate balance. While others search for what they can take, a true king searches for what he can give. Run away, Simba. And never return. Take your place in the circle of life. Beyonce, but we couldn't hear her there. <laughs> she was there. She 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 she'll be there. It was it was it was so funny. Like um, Scar scared me. Like when they showed the little version of him, mm. it was just, I was just like, oh my god! Like when he sings, be prepared, because I'm assuming they're just going to play. Like that's what struck me with this trailer. It's that like apart from that little bit at the end where they were doing the lying sleeps tonight mm. there wasn't any of the iconic lion king songs no so there was a moment that i was just like this is surely still going to incorporate song this this will still have music in it which then makes me think like the music must be amazing or like really remix cool i mean because they've got the options to do it you've got donald glover who's going to be simba and so yeah. he's obviously as people know childish gambino so we know he can sing we sing know he like can an angel yeah obviously beyonce mm. we know that she can do all those things so like i would be surprised if they didn't have music i'm sure that they will but mm. i would have liked to to have heard a little bit of the music but you know look it's not going to stop me from come July being in a movie cinema watching it because I'm I'm there for it. Yeah. And James L. Jones's voice, the moment <laughs> that it started, the moment he starts talking, you're like, yes, give me your wisdom. Give me your wisdom. Right. The thing, though, the guy who plays Scar, Chueto Ijefo, um, yeah. I think he sounds too friendly. Re- oh, see, he looks to me really scary. He looks scary, but the sound, I'm like, oh, because you know – in the cartoon version, Scar yeah. had this like 
kind of rumble in his voice in a bit, yeah. a little drawl that was just like, oh, like there's something off about you. But like Chueta, when he speaks, it's like it's quite strong. Like it sounds, it's very old, you know, <laughs> James Hill yeah. in a way. So you're just like, oh, you're Skark. Oh, oh, wait, listen to the dialogue because he sounded a bit yeah. too grand in my opinion than the kind oh. of creepy underscore that you kind of get from Scar. But maybe that's the duality of his mm, character, that he, he's both endearing and friendly, how he got his, like, hyena army around him mm. and then he will become more menacing. Yeah. Look, I don't know. Maybe. Is Who this, knows? This is the first proper trailer compared to the, the teaser, which was The Circle of Life yeah. by itself, which yeah, means, of course, there'll music. be song if that was the teaser. Yes. Yeah. It's like, will they have more releases before the movie? Oh, surely, right? Yeah. I was like, maybe they will have a song. I'm just waiting for some kind of remix of the like, I can't wait to be king. Or like, be prepared being the most menacing song in the history of anything. Oh, I can feel the love tonight. And then it's just, I don't know. It's releasing in July, so mm. there'll definitely be probably another few more spots between now and then. But it's April, yeah. May, June. It's yeah. been, they've only got two and a half months. Yeah, that's enough to release at least four trailers, surely. Well, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, I, I, like, I, I'm here for it if they do, but I also don't want to get my hopes up too much. <laughs> Manage those expectations. Oh, well, we have to, don't we? We have to. Exactly. But I am very excited for it. It looks like it's going to be fun. It's one of those weird things to do a trailer for a movie you already know what it's about. Mm. So even as you were watching it, there were moments where it's just like, um, I'm pretty sure that that's like when Simba overrules everything and like has defeated Scar. Like you can kind of tell those iconic moments in mm. the original cartoon movie. So it's funny watching a trailer where you know everything that's going to happen but at the same time be like yeah i will still be watching this this is great yeah it's going to be great but tali yes while we were in a little hiatus you know what else came out what the aladdin trailer oh my god yes it did yes it did and we got to see (laughs) i'm sorry will smith is the genie i'm not there for that (laughs) not your thing not your thing she was just it uh, it, do you know what? It's there was a fu- there were funny memes going around like the arrested development. Like I just blew myself, and that's what it looked like. It's like Will Smith blew himself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's one way of putting it. Um, <laughs> shall I play the trailer? Yes, please. They're over there. Get them. Stop, stumbled upon an opportunity I can make you rich rich enough to impress a princess what would I have to do there's a cave of wonders bring me the lamp Summons me. I stand by my oath. 
Loyalty to Wishes 3. I'm kidding. Watch this. Watch out! Hey, can you make me a prince? There is a lot of gray area in make me a prince. I could just make you a prince. Oh, no. Y'all see my palace? You look like a prince on the outside. But I didn't change anything on the inside. Showtime. No, I'm in charge, okay? I say when it's time. Really? I thought a princess could go anywhere. Not this princess. Do you trust me? A Don't you dare close your eyes. A Hold your breath, it gets It's just, do you know the, the funny part of it is, is it's always a whole new world. That line was, don't you dare close your eyes. It's always <laughs> stuck in my head. So I know the moment that I heard it, I was like, oh yeah, that's, that's going to happen. And it's kind of funny because it's a lyric that out of context just seems really aggressive. Like, don't you dare close your eyes. <laughs> really does. But you know, they took the different approach of actually showcasing some of the songs that yeah, will exactly. be in the film. Which, which is the difference. And Aladdin comes out like what? May, is yeah, it, end like, of May, twenty fourth yeah. of May. So, yeah. it gives them a little time in between. I mean, visually yeah. it looks beautiful, but yes. you know, it's yeah, it's hard. Like Bill Smith has a very big shoes to fill with Robin Williams, who yeah, played it in the in the animated version. But yeah. you know. We'll see. I that, yeah, I think that that's what why I was largely judgment central when I saw him because like. Again, in the same way of The Lion King is like you know what the story is, but you know what the story is with the characters that you've known for like your whole life. Mm. And so I think that that was what like seeing Will Smith for the first time, I was like, you don't look like the cartoon animated genie that Robin Williams played. You look like a blue Will Smith. And (laughs) I think that like had I not ever seen Aladdin and I just seen this, I would have been like, yeah, cool, you're the genie and Will Smith is playing you, that's cool, like whatever. Mm. But, yeah, also I feel that watching the movie, it just feels like even from the trailer that you will quickly get submerged into that world so mm. i feel like after a while he won't be blue will smith he will be no this this is the genie but yeah. look it's going to be interesting to see how he pulls it off the other really funny thing um when like you know when they started their promo and entertainment tonight always do like these big spreads and they did one of jafar <laughs> <laughs> and everyone started thirsting after this guy <laughs> Who was just like, who was hot Jafar? Like, Jafar yeah. isn't supposed to be hot. What are we doing? <laughs> like... We are a very simple people. And, like, every time something like that happens, I am just think- I've just thought of that. Remember the hot criminal mugshot? Like, oh. look well, at he's... this sexy guy with his mugshot. And then he's, like, he's... dating some kind of, like, heiress to what? It's like. A Topshop heiress. 
Yeah, and... I was going to say soap, but I was like, it's not that. And no. so now, like, modelling career, all these things happened because we as people are basic AF. He's <laughs> hot. We are haughty for him. Oh, but everyone's like, hello. <laughs> Who is his? <laughs> um, why is Jafar? F- here's, a, here's a tweet. Jafar, fine as hell, though, so I'll be rooting for evil. <laughs> exactly. And then it's just like, Jasmine, no. Like, because the whole thing of Aladdin is like, Jasmine's going to get married off to <laughs> Yeah. Like, no, I'm totally all right with that. Aladdin, get out of the way of what could possibly be the greatest love story ever. Oh, like. We are too basic for this. <laughs> we, really are. we really are. But it was funny that, like, like, just you remembering that the Aladdin trailer came out because, yeah, we have been away for so long mm. that there have been things that we just haven't spoken about or, like, stuff that is just wild. Like, I know for me one of the movies that I've become obsessed with and it's one of those because I have this tendency to binge a lot of TV shows is mm. that I would just watch like a huge long thing of it that I'm not actually taking in any storyline. It's just like, it's just like I'm a sponge. It just soaks into the next one, into the next one, into the next one. And I'm not actually giving it any critical thought, but I went and saw Jordan Peele's Us <sighs> and oh my God, I cannot stop thinking about it. And this is wild, but it's just, I saw it a couple of weeks ago and mm. I'm still thinking about it wow. because it's just so incredible and not that it's a follow-up to his first movie get out but it's in the same sense that you know humans are the monsters like because it is a horror film and his ability to just kind of make us think about the duality of man and good versus evil and everything that's happening and then his hidden messages that are underneath it as well and this like personalities and like identity and how we construct identity and whether it is like a privilege the life you get to lead is that because of the circumstances you're in because the whole thing about us is the idea that there are people up like on top of above ground who are the like one version and Mm. their doppelgangers live underground and they are tethered to the person above the ground and then it's this uprising of the these tethered people And it's just a really, like, obviously it's the gore and it's everything, but it's just so beautifully thought out. It's so, like, you think about it afterwards and, like, Lupita Nyong'o, she plays the central character of Adelaide who um, is with her black family. And that was another great thing is, Mm. like, there is a black family that is central to this, but it's not about race in the same way that Get Out was. It's just like, yes, this is a black family who is a central part but you know their race really has nothing to do with it but it's just really interesting the decisions that were made with her is that her above ground version is all in white and then progressively as the movie goes on and she's having to fight off these tethered is she becomes a lot more bloodied so then she starts to become more red yet her like doppelganger like tethered person is known as red and wears a red jumpsuit and you just see it's just Oh, man, it's so great. It's so amazing. And I just keep thinking about it and it's just like the misdirecting of audiences. It's just like these identities, the fractured identities, but then like social exploration in America. One of the like the fun takes that I saw was that even the movie title is called Us, but people are like, is 
who is the us? Is it an us versus them kind of thing? Mm. Or is us to mean America because this is in America? Does us actually stand for United States? And then the person who took it even further was like, maybe Jordan Peele is trying to send us a message to be like, get out of the US. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, not wrong. (laughs) Oh my goodness. It was just, it was truly just yeah, I just keep thinking about it. I just keep thinking about it. And I was like, that's the power that Jordan Peele has with his movies, which he also didn't get out to. Mm. It's horror done in a way that we as humans, because we do tend to be a bit more selfish, like that you go, oh, my God, that could happen to me. Like it's close yeah. enough in this universe, even though it's kind of crazy. But you're like, maybe maybe that could happen. Like it's not in the same way that there's like a, like a maniacal Freddy Krueger-like character where you just go, oh, no, that's all right because it's like one bad egg. Yeah. Here's the kind of like, no, like. They're next to like, you. Yeah, there could be a whole there could be a whole lot of us who are bad because that's what being human is, is just, you know, doing that. Yeah, it's, oh, man, have you seen it? Because go watch it. It's just amazing. I didn't because I wasn't mentally prepared to, so I saw yeah. Shazam instead. <laughs> That is bad. What was Shazam like? So Shazam, it's part of the DC universe. Um, it's, it's follows a new superhero. It was joyous. It was really fun. Like you kind of see in the DC like universe, like it's really dark, like Justice League, and they really try to take themselves seriously all the time, yeah. and everything is just so dark, dark, dark. And even like Aquaman, it had its whole like arc, like. In a way, he was goofy at times, but predominantly he was very serious. And Wonder Woman. Crime is serious, Sophie. Crime is serious. Oh, so serious. And even like um, Wonder Woman, it's very, mm. very serious. So it was just nice that you could actually laugh and breathe a bit in this. Um, so it follows a teenage kid named Billy Batson. He's played by Asha Angel. Um, and he's a foster kid and he's trying to find his birth mother and running away from foster homes continuously he gets put with a new in a new home um there's heaps of foster kids there he's trying to like you know be by himself except he gets whisked away by a wizard um to who wants to give him his powers because he's dying and and great evil has been unleashed so in a sense it's like oh my god this is really like a superhero comic book story like to the extreme um so when he yells at the name of the wizard which is shazam he turns into a superhero so this kid then turns into a very very buff version of zachary levi (laughs) who you might know from chuck um so and it's like it is a bit of big but with superhero aspects but like at the soul of the movie it's it really is about family and it's just it was a great family movie and I'm so for it. It was really really sweet. You had the the main villain is played by Mark Strong who plays Dr. Savannah and he's typecast as hell now. I swear yeah. he is. But god, he plays it so well. <laughs> So he's going to continue being typecast. Oh, he totally is. And he's just like, I'll, I'll just be the get my voice so deep and just be really, really angry. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> Although I do miss like when he does his gangster movies and he's really British and you don't expect it. Yeah. 
Oh man, it's so like it's. I think that that's what you need, and I think that that's what the difference of some movies is. Is that just like the ones that stick with you or that you enjoy? It's mm. like, oh yeah, I guess I needed that a little bit in my life. Oh. Like I needed, like for us, I was like, I needed that reality check. I needed to actually not just mindlessly consume entertainment and media, but to actually right. engage with it again, in the same way that you like haven't seen us because you're like I need to get into the right mental frame to do it Mm. and then to watch like a joyous movie I'm like yes that is actually a good thing like you don't have to be so serious all the time it's like you need that light and shade you need those things to like kind of pop out and reach out to you kind of thing yeah and I feel lately like with all the superhero offerings we've had like even with the Marvel ones like Avengers um Mm. it's all been it's been pretty dark um yeah Captain Marvel Oh my god, that came out! How can yeah. we forget? Um, we'll talk about that in a sec. But like, you know, it was, it was that kind of light. And this cast-wise, like, you have these bunch of foster kids, all from like different backgrounds. There's a Latino mm-hmm. kid. There's a kid living with disability. There's one of the girls is black, and she is so gorgeous and beautiful. And oh my god, she's adorable. I love her. That was Faith Herman playing Darla Dudley, who's just like this really, she just wants all her foster siblings to be actual brothers and sisters, and she's just trying to oh, hug them all the time, and you're just like, ah! That is adorable. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. And, like, and then I you also have an Asian kid thrown in there, and it's like, oh, my God, this is like a mishmash of like kids yeah. that you would find. And I think that that's one of the good things, day. too, now, is like just yeah. how inclusive, like, mm casts are becoming and yeah. just how simple it is to do it so it's like why weren't you doing this before you idiots mm. and mm. it's like it's so simple to do when it does and when it's done really well and yeah. you know um the cgi wasn't top notch but hey i had fun watching it <laughs> so <laughs> yeah so good but it so was good. so much fun but oh my god i can't believe we nearly forgot about captain marvel brie yeah. larson it's been her year hasn't it Oh, it really has. But, like, she's had to earn it. Mm. This is the thing about social media and, like, just how terrible people can be. It's mm. just, like, I love the people who reviewed Captain Marvel and you could tell the real issue that they had was that, again, it's a female at the centre of this movie. Mm-hmm. And then, obviously, rather than, like, dealing with their own problems, they just projected that hate onto Brie Larson. So, like, it was just, like, well, everything you did was terrible. And it's, like, it's really hard in those pockets or those corners to see that and just be, like, no, she did a really great job. Like, back off. You guys are freaking idiots. Mm, And I think she has a movie out on Netflix as well and people were, like, why would you even let her, like, do this? She's only an actor. She shouldn't direct. And then, like, Netflix clapped back with a list of all her credentials, all the, her accolades, like, stuff she has directed in the past as well. And it was just like, yeah. oh, yeah. mic drop right there. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's like, like she's been working like, since she was a child. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, isn't it? Is people just assume that just because, like, and I think that that's what that's what's so sucky is that they get so much more critical of a woman doing a role regardless of whether she's new, whether she is experienced, but, Mm. like, will accept any male in any role just for whatever. It's like, oh, yes, what's that? You have a penis? Yes, you are totally qualified for this job, where it's like every female, it just feels like sometimes it's it's like prove it, like do this, like jump through all these hoops first and Mm. then maybe we'll accept you. It's wild. Well, the other thing was because she – For them, they were like also like, oh, she didn't really have a hero's arc. She didn't like, you know, go through trauma to like rise up or anything. But it was like, well, that was the point. 
Exactly. She, it's like the, her challenge. Yeah. She's always had those heroic aspects. She never got blessed with power. Like yeah. she always had this kind of heroic stuff. The, her yeah. main challenges was trying to stop people who were trying to limit her, which yeah. is like every day a woman's like <laughs> experience, yeah. like people limiting what we can and can't do. And it yeah. was just like, if you can't see that, this is literally just in the form of like Drew Law. <laughs> yeah. Well, and this is the thing too. It's like they had to find something to complain about. Mm. So complain about like a total, oh, like, oh, they just, I can't. It's too much. It's just like stupid. It's just like, it just seems like we're looking for something to complain about. And look, we found something. And this is not a criticism that had it been a man doing this exact role that we would have said the same thing. Like they would, they would say, oh, if it was a man, I'd say the same thing. And it was like, no, you wouldn't. Yeah, you wouldn't. Like, to be honest, you wouldn't. Like, sort your life out. And the funniest thing is, like, this movie was probably the most pro-military out of all the films that have yeah. released so far. It's like, you can't do everything all the time. Like, seriously, just, oh, anyway. Anyway, what a world. Oh, what a world we live in. Such a world. Whew. Anywho, um, our world's going to get so much crazier, though, next week, Tali, because freaking Game of Thrones. Oh, I'll let you sing. Take that back. I don't know what I thought that that would just achieve in my head, but I thought I will sing the undertone of the theme tune and then you will talk over it. It did not happen like that. All it was was you were talking and then me go. Well, that returns on Monday. It does for the eighth and final season. Oh, my sweet baby Jesus how I just there are so many things that like I want answers for so it'll be really really great to like kind of I don't know if it'll all be wrapped up nicely though I don't see that happening yeah, no, I don't think it is either. And I saw this, like, post that um, this story or this article that had come through that, I don't know, like, maybe there is truth, maybe there isn't. Mm. But it was, like, George R. R. Martin, who was, the, of course, the author of the original, like, book series, who was like, I don't want the TV series to end. And I was like, does that mean it's going to stay on forever? Like, like, there's a difference between, like, I don't want it to end or uh, you've actually maybe got the power not to make it end like what 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 what's going to happen like mm. literally tell me what is going to happen i can't it's it's too much it's just too much but it will be exciting to see how they will wrap up the series the tv series because there is so much when we left it was like they were pretty much breaking through the wall and the white walkers and the night Night, I always call him the the Night King, the Night Prince. The night, his, yeah, he is the Night King. Yeah, I just don't yeah. know why. I start with the Night King and then I'm like, no, that's not his name. I've made that up. I always feel like I need to put white, but then they're the White Walkers. Anyway, this is why I need it back into my life. It's like you forget oh, all the things that so happen. Much. And then, like, I've been reading a whole lot of recaps, like, this is what you need to know, like, ahead of it's the first episode. And I was like, oh, yeah, that did happen. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Yeah. What is going to happen? Like Daenerys and Jon Snow, like they just got it on in their boat. They're going to realize that like technically that like he's her uncle and then, yeah. But well, technically she's his aunt, but. (laughs) They're related. The point of the story is that they're related. (laughs) But the thing is, will they though? Because no one knows because all their like, the person in his family that knew is dead and all of her living 
relatives yeah. are dead. So it's like, who knows? Uh, no, remember his friend from the Night Watch, Sammy, Sam. Yeah. He, he was doing his little duties, oh, and they figured out that they they had got married, and that there was a, like a marriage had been annulled. So I think him, like it's so but terrible. But they don't know if it's John. <laughs> That's the thing. No, but I feel like... that they do. Oh, maybe. Oh, maybe. Oh. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I need to go back and watch that because I think, well, maybe it was because as the viewer, you've got the imply, like you've got the knowledge where they don't. Yeah. Whereas I was like, they've figured it all out. Oh, maybe they didn't. I don't well, know. I could be well. remembering this wrong because there's been so much speculation since that <laughs> damn finale. Yeah. But I, I just did it as they know the answer and then they're going to figure it all out and then it's all going to come to a head. But then maybe they don't. Oh, that's a weird situation to be in. It's like, a, would you want to know if like this had happened? Mm. Anyway, strange. Well, perhaps, perhaps I'm remembering wrong as well because it has been no, a while. There is a good chance it's me. And then it's like, yes, we are so geeky. We know our things so well. No, we don't. Yeah, we apologise, listeners. There are a lot of names in Game of Thrones too. I feel like that's the other thing. It's like mm. I should actually properly like watch back at least the last few episodes of season seven just to be like, yep, these are the characters. This is what's going on. This is what's happening. I'm ready for I'm yeah. ready for it. Did you see during the week that the Red Cross, they like crunch the numbers in, as a part of their like oh. awareness for international humanitarian law is they watch the Game of Thrones series to find out who the big war criminals are and like the oh. infractions of like crimes that would be constituted war crimes. Jeez, was it Bolton? Was it the Ramsey yeah. family? No, the thing is that they were doing it as uh, like judged by how many deaths were caused. And so the question became is, is a dragon... Like, mm. can you count what the dragons were doing? Because, like, when they went through their big, I'm just going to set fire to everything on Daenerys's call, is that there were civilians who died mm. as a part of some of those things. So, I mean, technically, if we're going to include the dragons because they were operating on a human call, then maybe it's Daenerys and the dragons oh. in terms of, like, death that they inflicted. She did kill a lot of people when she was in Marine. Yeah. Bring all the slaves. And yeah. she has a Dothraki so was, horde at her feet as well. Yeah. So that and was they're the very thing warlike. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, oh, well, technically, like if you're doing it on quantity, mm. then yeah. But it was, it was an interesting experiment. And obviously, like a good kind of PR campaign for them to talk <laughs> about, you know, educate people on in, international humanitarian law on the week before Game of Thrones hits. But please don't look, do this. <laughs> Exactly. It was it was interesting. Um I think it was Entertainment Weekly. They sent they had a set visit to the Game of Thrones um set. Yeah. And it just sounded so traumatic. Oh my god. Like just look, they were like the actors just look so defeated. And yeah. it's just like how intense is this season going to be? Will yeah. I need hugs afterwards? Like what is going on here? Cause it was just yeah. like Apparently yeah. he was like, oh, to the guy who plays Sam Tartley, oh, that you looked really cool in that scene. And the director's like, do you hear that? You look too cool. Play it down. <laughs> Redo that whole fight scene where you look a bit more scared. And it's just like, oh, God. <laughs> that is so, oh, my, yeah. It's, it must be so intense. And because that was mm. the other story that came out um, about, like, that was Game of Thrones related, was Amelia Clark yeah. revealing that she'd survived two brain aneurysms. Like, Crazy. one of them being pretty early on, where she was concerned that she would, like, essentially 
either one, not recover, be able to talk, and two, be able to remember her lines. And obviously, as an actress and like who pins her acting as a part of her identity, mm. being like, oh my God, how do I go on? And then talking about like, I think she was coming into the second season and being on set, delivering her lines, going, am I going to die? Because it was such a random, like the first aneurysm was so random. And mm. you're just like, what the actual hell? That is wild and insane. insane. And she was like, yeah, like throughout season two, I was pretty lost. I had no idea what I was doing because I was so worried about this brain aneurysm. It's like, you couldn't tell on screen. I, well, that's it was the thing. like, you delivered like, those lines. She's like, I didn't feel like I delivered those lines. Like, you delivered those scenes. Like, yeah. mm. It's truly like the power of acting is like none of us would have been none the wiser. Mm-mm. And then she was even saying with like her second brain aneurysm is that like a pr- part of her brain died. Oh and God. like because that's the reality if when it's starved of oxygen for as long as it is, is that that's what happens. And you're just like, oh, my God, this is also happening to you while you're on one of the biggest shows like of right now. Yeah. It's just like the pressure is just too much. It would have been absolutely crazy. Thing. And it just and also it, makes her like even more of a queen in everyone's eyes because exactly, exactly. We're all like, we will take the knee. Like you just like you say it, and we we, we will all be there. The <laughs> other funny um Game of Thrones related thing is on April Fool's Day. Did you see like Jimmy Fallon interviewing Maisie Williams, and the setup of obviously they're in an interview and being like, oh, Game of Thrones comes out and really excited. And then she says like, oh, she oh, said yeah, a spoiler. So in the second episode where my character, where um, she dies and then she goes, oh my God. Oh my, like, cause obviously <laughs> like they are so tight lipped, like no totally. spoilers can happen. And so you obviously watched that little thing that they released oh. and being like, oh my God. And like the funny <laughs> thing is, is that like when you're, when you see a video like this in your social media feed, mm. it, you don't really pay attention to the date. No. Like, you just go, Because oh, you never know what, because the algorithm, the way it works, it's like exactly. your friends have seen this maybe yeah. a week ago, you might find this funny. Yeah, and exactly. So there are moments where you're like, oh, it's April Fool, so I'm just going to be like super aware for a bit. And then you just go, no, whatever. Like, yeah, as you were saying, the algorithm is there. Like this video is actually two weeks ago or it was a couple months old or someone shared a video from like three years ago. Um, so you just click it and play it. And then there was just this moment where it's like, oh, no, this is, oh, no, oh, no. oh, And then it's like, oh, April Fool's. And you're just like, oh, my goodness. That was like a really good way to get people because <laughs> if – Aria dies. I will not cope. Like, will not cope at all. Oh god, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a journey. <laughs> oh my goodness, it really is. And yeah, what is it? We'll be on air in Australia on Monday, Monday morning. Ooh, do you reckon anyone's coming into work on Monday morning? <laughs> no way in hell. <laughs> they will be like, "Yep, every Monday from here for the next what thirteen weeks? Is it thirteen? Should make thirteen No, it sounds about right." <laughs> Yeah, 13 feels right. Yeah, every Monday it's like long weekends for the next 13 weeks so we, everyone can absorb Game of Thrones. Do you want to go to work traumatised though? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> It'll be too much. It'll be too much. The trauma. The trauma. Oh, like... oh it's wild. It's wild. Yeah, but, yeah. No doubt, again, this time next week, it'll be the Beyonce documentary. It'll be the first episode of Game of Thrones. Some may say that we took a really long hiatus and I were like, no, we were just we were just waiting, like putting our geese in a line for what will be like the most dramatic oh. everything are happening. Speaking of dramatic exits, though, 
if you don't watch Get Cracking, please watch it now on ABC iView. Um, so if you love the catering show with the two Kates, Kate McLennan and Kate McCartney, they mm. have a TV show called Get Cracking where they take on the world of breakfast television. Oh, and boy. Do it's- they take it on? It's so funny. It's like they're so clever mm. in the way that they are able to deconstruct breakfast TV and what happens on breakfast TV mm. to be like, yep, this is exactly what is going on right now. Like this is what's so genius about it is that they had the episode where a guy comes in because they were like, yes, our voices, like the network thinks our voices, two females are too shrill. So here we go. Let's bring a man in. And then he like effectively mansplains. And in doing that, they create all that, the conversation that goes around like female hosts on these breakfast TV shows, which is really funny. They had a disability episode which was co-written by a woman who has a disability. All the extras were people living with disabilities and it was just like, oh, this cuts. Like everyone was just like, we are so ableist. This is awful. I love the idea that they had it where we were like, look at us. It's a disability day. So we're going to really highlight disability. Yay. Mm-hmm. Like, look how, like, access. And this is really great. And then, they're, like, the first guest is in a wheelchair but can't actually get onto Couch Island because, like, they Stairs. didn't bring a ramp. So it's, like, those very simple things. And I also enjoyed, like, during that episode that they set it up. It's like every like every Wednesday we talk to someone really, really inspiring. And on this like disability day, we're gonna bring in someone who's really, really inspiring. You're a hero. And it's obviously this just this woman who's just been brought in just because she has a disability. So it's like, yep, I haven't done anything remarkable. No, she's just go, like But you're such a hero. Tell us about your life because you're a hero. And she's like I no. like hump day memes like yeah, exactly. <laughs> walk exactly. from the beach. Exactly. <laughs> it was just it was, it was it was totally that. It was really funny. I really yeah, oh. it was just they were really, really clever with it. The whole, like, everything that they did was really, like, they obviously picked things that breakfast TV shows do where they have those themed days, like mm. as the disability or, like, the environment. Mm-hmm. And these are the things because, like, now for this one day we're actually going to care about this thing and then, you know, the next episode we're going to completely ignore it. Even the running... um pregnancy and the idea is like <laughs> as a female host your pregnancy you have to share it with everyone and you have to do everything through it and you have to still be a presentable like woman on camera while being <laughs> pregnant while also willingly share every part of your pregnancy and, with this audience like, and yeah. you, you will be on air until the moment you crown <laughs> exactly it's like yeah no you are contracted in here to be here the whole time well okay cool great thank you i also enjoyed the segment they had this year which i'm pretty sure they had like anyway but that that segment like cunts for clicks where they literally oh they didn't have that first season no that only came in this season oh see yeah um it's that they have these people come in who are just like exactly who the panellists they get on these breakfast TV shows. They are the Mark Lathams. They are your, you know, Blair Cottrells, your right-wing crazies, and then you have one female commentator who just, who is very Bolt-esque. It's just them screaming. And that was funny. And it's like the Kates in the wrap-up, that's when they, like, that's when they, I think that they do their best, like, searing kind of comedy, but this is Mm. like... Like, this is you, we are absolutely, when we bring you on, we are absolutely duplicit in this, like, 
giving that, you this platform and then and then I love it where they would go on this to be like, a, yeah, this is our fault because we have humanised you and now you think that that's all right because we've given you a platform to spew your hate. So therefore, we are absolutely complicit in everything that you've done. And now I'm just going to ask you a question to make you seem like a human. So how were the races on Saturday? So oh. it is like... Was just it's so great, just and of course so the cutting. finale that they had but with Nia um, Louie and Miranda Tapsell yeah. was just oh my goodness for all time for all time. There were so many things in there that I was just like gagging at the like the makeup artist who oh, just progressively made Miranda Tapsell wider. <laughs> oh, that was on fire! You had during the mudroom segment, and it was it was like, hey, look, Miranda, decorative genocide. <laughs> you just I also loved, like, even in the mud room, and then they had, like, the white woman who was crying, and it was, the like, white obviously fragility. the white woman tears, oh, and just being like, I can't believe that you don't like women. women. We should all be here for each other. And it's just like, oh, my God, this is what, like, this is exactly that trope that, you know, they um, no doubt have to, like, fend off every time that they do something to mm. be like, oh, you're not being supportive of other white women. And it's like, no, this is not about white women like versus like black women or anything like that. This is just this other thing that I like the segment that they had with Michelle Laurie of just like whitewashing. That was literally the whole thing. <laughs> was, like, we're gonna do laundry, but like the underneath tone was, oh. yep, we are whitewashing everything that is happening. And then of course then progressively getting angrier. And it was just it was so, so brilliant. And that's why, like, watching it, you kind of just went, they're not coming back next season. So they are saying everything mm. that they want to say or slash get out there because it just felt like every episode was just this other just mic drop of a, oh, yeah, that's right. But I feel like the unsung hero of Get Cracking this season was the ticker. Oh, my God. <laughs> it's so funny. Like, when I watch get cracking I have to watch it twice the first time is because I generally watch everything with subtitles I don't know why it's just like it happened and now I that's just how I watch things is I always Mm. put the subtitles on because it's really interesting the problem is is when you watch the subtitles with get cracking is you miss the ticker so you actually have to go like I watch it the first time and through the audio and then I take the subtitles off just so like I could just focus on the ticker because otherwise it's like the con there's two streams of funny content it's like you have to watch it twice to get the enjoyment of both things but there was that one about the spider and harry potter being (laughs) (laughs) non-binary oh man the comedy writers science confirms that perth doesn't exist i think it's beck shaw that did most of the ticker ones but she's just on fire there it was just like you could literally just put anything up there. But then again, that yeah, it's totally changed the way that I watch breakfast TV now because it's just like, yep, all of those things are all happening oh, all of the time. Yeah. And I guess that the reality is sometimes is with the ticker is like as an audience member, you might not be seeing it or you mm-hmm. might just be watching that in isolation to what like the audio is happening. So it's just uh, they've done it so well. I'm now like worried like because they won't be back next season, like are we still going to get our hates in our life well i don't know i mean after that nikia and miranda episode everyone was asking when are miranda and nikia getting their own tv show so i would be there for that i I would would not be mad at that i mean nothing's commissioned yet obviously but hello ideas for me it could happen it could happen i mean 
like after Miranda's monologue that just honestly made everyone cry. Oh my God. It was so good. And that's what I thought was so amazing too, in this idea that it's their kind of finale and giving over that, that not like just allowing them to just be angry, but work it into the whole episode plot so that when they finally did break, it's like a, yeah, of course they're fucking angry. Like, and then just like, like, yeah, Miranda being like, a, why aren't you angry? Like, take my anger and you run with it for a while because otherwise I will have to keep being the angry person who comes on here and tries to, like, explain that, you know, mm. the treatment of the Indigenous Australians is just, it's not good enough. Like, And that's Nakia all the time. Every time yeah. she's on Q&A, they're like that angry Aboriginal woman. And it's like... Oh, my goodness. Anytime that she is on the drum or on Q&A, it's like people actually lose sight of what she is talking about because it's easier to just be like, oh, why was she getting so angry mm. and attacking her for being angry rather than being like, oh, actually, like the deaths and incarceration, like in, like while in incarceration for Indigenous Australians is disparagingly higher than anything else. Mm. It's like life expectancy, their health outcomes. Like, of course they're fucking angry, but you, it's easier to just like you know pile on on an angry person rather than actually do something to fix why they're angry so yeah that final episode of get cracking was just absolutely amazing and the other good thing about it is like even if you like haven't seen it but want to see it is mm. you can watch episodes in isolation and still be like this is this is just a great 30 minutes of tv so oh, yeah it's wonderful if only a lot more people understood satire oh my goodness I was like, what? Oh, yeah. It's going to be a huge hole, like, it was, not having them. Yeah. I already miss them. I'm already like, what do, I, what do I do on my Wednesday? What do I do? Rewatch the catering show. Oh, my God. Do you know what's funny? I weirdly have been. <laughs> weirdly, YouTube is, like, they're all there. And it's they're just so funny. Like, I forgot how funny they are. The Thermomix episode will forever be my favourite. And the moment where... They're like cutting onions to put like the original because they're making risotto. And which one? I think it's Kate McCartney. Mm. Yeah. She's cutting the onions and she's like, people normally have tips about cutting onions and like how not to cry. She's like, I like to just like de like de delve into it. And then it's just her sobbing with the onions. And she's like, because when you think about the world and what's going on and like my my children are going to inherit a dust bowl, it is actually really quite depressing. And she's just there crying into these onions. I'm just like, yes, I'm here for this every time. It's glorious. It's so glorious. Oh, I, I love that show. I want that show to come back. Let's be honest. It just Everything they do, I want it to come back. They just, they tease me, they get me hooked in and then they just abandon me. Look, they they stop while it's really good, which, which is yeah. I think I'm also not mad at that. Do. That is a gift as well. But I just just one more season. Oh dear, uh, dear dear. But you know, Miranda has a new film coming out soon. So yeah, Top End Wedding, mm, an Aboriginal rom com. Oh, I yeah. That it looks it looks beautiful. Like it literally, I'm just like, oh, maybe I need to book a flight to the Northern Territory because that looks amazing. Yeah, up to the Tiwi Islands, hell yeah. yeah absolutely, oh, absolutely. That's incredible. Um, I think I've talked out, Tali, to be honest. I know. Just to have this moment where I was just like, a, what, where are we? What is going on? What is, what is time? What is happening? Time, concept. 
Hmm. <laughs> Strangers. How about we do it all again next week? Sounds great, darling. We can live through the trauma that is Game of Thrones oh my and goodness. share it with everyone. Yeah. Living our best lives. Whoop, whoop. Vitaly, thank you for another gaggle of geeks. Thank you, Sophie Lai. We'll see you next time for more honking and talking about pop culture and geek culture. Till then, bye. Bye.